You don't know flag. You Don't Know Flat, a podcast full of stories about retro gaming, retro computing, video games, arcade games, and technology from a guy who was there and still is. My name is Rob O'Hara, but for the next 30 minutes, you can call me Flat. Episode 124, Arcadia Retrocade. Hello and welcome to episode 124 of You Don't Know Flat. Today is Sunday, February 17th, 2013, and I am your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. Today on You Don't Know Flack, I'll be talking about the Arcadia Retrocade, a new retro arcade that has recently opened in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Most of this show will be impromptu. Um, Impromptu? Is that the right word? Um, Not scripted. Not written down. uh, Off the top of the head. I went to the arcade yesterday, and so as a last-minute change, topic change of the podcast, I decided this would be a great topic for You Don't Know Flack to talk about this arcade, so um, you'll have to bear with me. I'm sure I'll do a little rambling, as I am uh, won't want to do, so um, this may be a little bit rougher than some of the other podcasts, but uh, that's not important. What's important is that we're going to talk about retro arcades, so... The song you're listening to right now was ripped from the Marvel Super Heroes arcade game. And uh, I thought that would be a fitting, some fitting background music for the intro segment here since we're going to be talking about a retro arcade. Um, before we get started, we are going to delve into the depths of our feedback archive. So let's take a look real quick at the voice mailbox. You have zero messages. And once again, it's empty. No voicemails. I'm starting to think that the voicemail box will not be a very popular feature of You Don't Know Flack, but um, you never know. It's still out there. If you want to call and leave a voicemail message, the phone number is 206-309-9501. So let's fill that voicemail box. No, let's not fill. (laughs) Let's choose these words a little more carefully. Let's not fill the voice mailbox, but if you'd like to leave a voice message that may or may not get played on a future episode of You Don't Know Flack, you can call the voice mailbox phone line. Again, that phone number is area code 206-309-9501. I did get some feedback in the last week, and um, the first feedback came from Twitter from... uh, a guy named Dave Cheney, who I have seen around in uh, retro other retro circles. And uh, Dave says, congrats on keeping the podcast coming, which uh, I really appreciate. I, I'm just um, thrilled every time I get a, a tweet or a, a message on uh, Facebook or email or anything that lets me know people are listening. So that's awesome. So thanks, Dave. Dave says, seriously, the intro is getting out of hand. <laughs> Dave is absolutely right. The intro to the last podcast, when I went back and looked, holy crap. I mean, it's like half an hour of uh, feedback. So we will not let that happen again. Um, also, Dave says, uh, oh, and he says to take that as a suggestion, not a complaint. Well, it really deserved to be a complaint, <laughs> but I will take it as a suggestion. Um, 
Dave says, if I'm looking for podcasting ideas, maybe I could talk about the demo scene. And I would love to talk about the demo scene. Unfortunately, I know very little firsthand about the demo scene. I know um, uh, what I know from downloading and watching computer demos. Um, I will, uh, something that just popped on my radar, uh, I have been a fan of the Mind Candy DVD set. If you're not uh, familiar with those, they are a series of DVDs and um, Blu-rays that have been done by um, Jim Trickster Leonard. Um, Trickster is also the founder of Moby Games. If you've ever looked up a game on uh, the internet and been routed to Moby Games, uh, then you are a fan already of Trickster's work. Uh, there are three volumes of Mind Candy. The first volume is computer uh, PC demos. The second one consisted of Amiga demos. And then the third release is PC demos of a later era. Let me scroll through um, the Wikipedia entry, which I should not be using. But um, uh, the first DVD was more old school uh, PC demos. Uh, so it was released in 2002, it says. So it would be things up to 2002. Uh, volume 2 is the Amiga demos, and then Volume 3 is PC demos uh, from 2003 to 2010. I did a review of the Mind Candy DVDs. I think I've reviewed all three of them now uh, over at Review-O-Matic, um, one of my uh, side projects. It doesn't get much love anymore, but uh, the URL to that is review-o-matic.com. Dot com. There are reviews for the Mind Candy uh, demo DVDs over there. And uh, the first Mind Candy DVD is now uh, free to download. So if you go to mindcandydvd.com, you could download the first uh, Mind Candy DVD for free and burn it and watch all these um, just uh, super cool uh, old computer demos. So, yeah, I wish I, I knew more firsthand about um, the demo scene. So you never know, I might do some research and do a... Uh, show on it at a later date. But uh, anyway, thanks to Dave Cheney uh, for the tweet. I appreciate it. Uh, the other one came from, uh, I got an email from Mike Rup Rupert. Mike uh, sent me an email that um, he wanted to let me know he enjoyed Invading Spaces and that his collection has grown to four cabs and one of them is Matt Mania, which is uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, old school arcade games. I love Matt Mania, and I've talked about Matt Mania uh, in some of my old podcasts and in Invading Spaces. And um, Mike suggested that I do an episode about the great video game crash. And when he said that, I totally clicked. I'm like, that is a great show topic. And um, I actually got so excited about it that that was going to be this week's show topic uh, until I went to the Arcadia Retrocade and got more excited about that than I got excited about the video game crash. So uh, today's show is the Arcadia Retrocade show, and next week I will be doing a show about uh, the video game crash of 83. So thanks, Mike, for that suggestion. Um, so that is uh, the feedback that I got this week. I don't want to make the intro be as super duper silly long as it was last week. So, um, oh, I didn't have one. Uh, we have a, a show sponsor. Doo -doo -doo. This episode of You Don't Know Flack 
is brought to you by the Don Rogers Radio Show. And the um, Don Rogers Radio Show is a weekly radio show. Um, my friend uh, Rob Sherwin is the producer of the Don Rogers Radio Show. And this is a radio show that I think has broken more friendships than it has made. <laughs> I think it drives people further apart than it brings them together. But uh, my buddy Rob sent me some copy here. And so um, he gave me three different versions of this to choose from, but they're also short. I may just read them all. The first one says, The Don Rogers Show is a weekly radio show featuring a bunch of idiots screaming at each other. At the end of each episode, everyone who participated is angrier than they were at the start. Guaranteed. Get all the info for the next show and listen to old episodes by hopping on to www.twitter.com forward slash Don Rogers Show. The second one says... You Don't Know Flack is brought to you by The Don Rogers Show. The Don Rogers Show is a weekly radio program about one man coming to grips with the fact that everyone he speaks to almost instantly despises him and wishes him extended misery, blue cough, and fur tongue. Check us out on Twitter at www.twitter.com forward slash Don Rogers Show. The third copy says, This episode of You Don't Know Flack is proudly presented by The Don Rogers Show. The Don Rogers Show is a weekly radio show, which we then upload as a podcast. Each episode follows the plotting misery of a depressed, waddling alcoholic living in New Mexico as he staves off the sweet release and honeyed pleasures of suicide for one additional hour. Check us out on Twitter, at Don Rogers Show, or Skype in at any time at Don Rogers Show. So there you go. You know what? You pay the ten bucks, I will read all three. I will read all three of your copies, Don Rogers. Um... But yeah, so uh, so there you go. The Don Rogers Show. Uh, I guarantee if you do not have thick skin, you will be offended within um, minutes or seconds of listening to The Don Rogers Show. So there you go. Enjoy that. So without further ado, we will transition away from the evil, vile Don Rogers Show and begin talking about retro arcade games and specifically the Arcadia Retrocade. Our story begins... When does the story begin? Um, the story begins last summer, I believe. Um, last spring, last summer. Um, I, I have to start out by saying that the world of collecting arcade games is pretty small. Um, I won't say that uh, I'm best friends with everybody in the Oklahoma City area who owns and buys arcade games, but... The circle is pretty small. Um, Chances are, if you have bought or sold arcade games in the Oklahoma City area, you have probably, uh, I would say, we're probably looking at at most two degrees of separation, maybe one degree of separation. Um, And also in the world of buying and selling arcade games, uh, for me personally, I had a pretty big circle. Um, I... When I would look on eBay, I would set my uh, limit within about 250 miles. So from Oklahoma City, that would include uh, western uh, Arkansas. That would include the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That would include southern uh, parts of uh, Kansas up to Wichita. Um, I went to Hutchison a few times. So anyway, so there's this pretty big circle that... um, I would drive to go pick up arcade games. And I bought games in all those cities, actually. So when someone in 
Western Arkansas began buying arcade games in an attempt to set up a retro arcade. Uh, unsurprisingly, the news got made its way around, I guess. It got back to me pretty quickly. Not that, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm some kind of uh, kingpin of uh, arcade news, but I'm just saying that, um, you know, arcade people talk. There are arcade forums all over the place, and... Um, so when somebody starts, you know, there's a rumor that somebody's buying a bunch of arcade games, uh, our little ears go, Rrr, and, um, uh, you know, people try to figure out what's going on. So I had already heard uh, this rumor that somebody was buying arcade games. And then uh, a fellow who talked to a fellow, a friend of a friend, if you will, uh, told me that a retro arcade game or a retro arcade uh, was going to uh, open in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and that it was uh, going to be located in a strip mall where the original Showbiz Pizza in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Now, I've never been, uh, up until yesterday, I'd never been to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, but, you know, somebody told me that one line of information, so I, I just filed it away. I thought it was interesting. Last year at OVGE, the Oklahoma Video Game Expo, which takes place every year in Tulsa, uh, at OVGE, I saw a guy going around and um, asking about arcade games that were for sale. And uh, I asked one of the guys who had cabinets for sale there who the guy was. And he said, well, uh, I don't know. He's from uh, Arkansas. And he said something about opening an arcade. So I put all these things together, right? I'm like, oh, okay, this is the guy. Uh, and so the guy's name turns out to be Shay Mathis. And Shay is walking around, and now, um, it's funny, because um, video game circles and arcade, we're all supposed to be adults, but we're all a bunch of people that play video games in our spare time, you know? Uh, so we're, we're not really adults. We're all, like, 12-year-old boys inside. Uh, so, you know, we're all whispering, like, oh, there's the guy, you know, oh, there's that uh, Shay guy, you know? So eventually, Shay makes his way around to my table, and uh, introduces himself as Shay, and with a dead face, I say, yeah, I know who you are. And he just looks at me, and I say, you're the guy that's opening the arcade um, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And his face, like the blood ran out of his face, like he got pale, and he looked at me, and he's like, how did you know that, you know? And I said, oh, I don't just know that, I know where it's at. I know it's by where the old showbiz pizza was in Fayetteville. And I, <laughs> I came off almost like uh, I was reading his mind, you know. And so he says, who told you that? You know, because um, I, I think at the time he was trying to keep it uh, a little tight lip, the project. And um, I said, you know, I, I just kind of played coy. I said, I've got my sources. There's not, not a lot that goes on in this town that I don't know about, buddy. Um <laughs> But um, it's like a good magic trick. You know, you hold all the cards, uh, and it's not um, what you know. It's how you reveal what you know to the audience, uh, which is what makes a good magic trick. So, uh, But Shay and I ended up talking for a long time at OVGE. We probably talked for an hour or so until we were both hoarse. Um, and Shay told me about his um, his plan to open a retro arcade. And um, now... If you're not familiar with the 1984 arcade, which is located in Springfield, Missouri, if you are anywhere near Springfield, Missouri, ever going through Springfield, Missouri, 
Um, do yourself a favor, if you are a retro guy at all, if you enjoy arcade games at all, um, go visit the 1984 arcade. It's, um, I'll say downtown. It feels like it's downtown to me. I'm not that familiar with Springfield, but I've been to 1984 arcade many times. It's about a five-hour drive uh, from here in Oklahoma, and I have made it many times just to go to that arcade. Um, but the 1984 arcade's business model is... You pay a $5 admission, and then all the games are set uh, on free play. Actually, at 1984, uh, they're not, all the games are free technically, but there's a blue button on each one. You press the blue button, and that's what puts um, quarters in the machine. So, um, a 1984 arcade open, well, I don't, I don't see it here uh, on the website, but um, they've been open for um, five or six years, something like that. But, um, yeah, so the business model is you go in, you pay $5, you go in, and then you can play all the games you want uh, for as long as you want for that day. So that is the same business model that Shay was looking at for his arcade. So uh, anyway, like I said, we, we talked for a little while. He told me about his arcade. I told him I'd be keeping an eye on progress and to keep me in the loop. Uh, and then we have a mutual friend, Vic Sage, uh, who you may know, for you uh, you all who are also fans of the Retroist may be um, fans of uh, Vic Sage's work uh, in his uh, posts, and also he participates on the podcast as well. Um, so uh, Vic is a mutual friend of uh, uh, me, my, and Shay, Shay and mine. Ah, see, this is what happens when I do impromptu shows. I don't have time to um, perfect my grammar. So... Uh, that's where the story starts last summer. And, uh, so time goes by and, um, you know, I, I hear about Shay buying more and more machines. Uh, and then, um, he starts talking about, uh, having a grand opening last fall. And this was, uh, I want to say in October, right, uh, Octoberish, And I at work was involved in several projects where I was traveling like a week and then my wife would travel a week and I had all these things going on, and he kept, you know, uh, the dates would move a little bit here, a little bit there. And then eventually, when they did have the grand opening, I wasn't able to attend uh, because I was out of town or leaving or coming. I don't remember the details, but it um, doesn't matter. I wasn't able to go. Uh, but I've been meaning to go ever since then, you know, so it's kind of been on my to-do list. And then this weekend rolled around, and... Um, it's a three-day weekend. Today is President's Day, and we're always around here, around the uh, Flackville, are looking for little weekend excursions to take. And so I I um, pitched the idea to the family, hey, you know, we should go check out this arcade. And um, everybody agreed that that sounded like a good idea. So uh, yesterday morning, I looked up the hours, and on Sundays they are open from noon to 6 uh, so Friday we had, or a Saturday, excuse me, we had a few things going on, but we decided Sunday, uh, should be a dead day for a retro arcade. So we would go Sunday, we would drive to the Arcadia Retrocade, um, which is located at 1478 North College Avenue in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And, um, Google Maps says that it is almost exactly four hours away from my location. So... Uh, we thought, you know, if we get up, this is my plan on Friday. Uh, no, God, this is my plan on Saturday. Excuse me. Uh, if we got up at 8 a.m. on Sunday and left, we would get there at noon, and then we could 
play for six hours, and then we would have four hours to come home. Well, my road trips never work out like that. Um, I have two small children, and so I don't remember what time. We left my house at 9 to go have breakfast. (laughs) We weren't even on the road yet. Uh, And then we went and had breakfast, so uh, we didn't get on the road till uh, I want to say, I don't know, almost 10, uh, because the, the GPS gave me, uh, yeah, it was 10, because the GPS said we would arrive at 1.30. Uh, now, I had thrown a, a little cast out on Facebook to a couple of friends of mine, uh, Earl Green, who you may know from thelogbook.com, uh, and also my friend Brian Green, who um, runs uh, several, he's working on several projects right now. Uh, he also, he runs... Uh, AmigaCD32.com, and both of those guys do live in Arkansas, so they agreed to meet me, and I said, great, we will be at the arcade between 1 and 1.30. Well, ha, 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 says my GPS. As we are driving, uh, we get to Tulsa, which is about halfway from Oklahoma City to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and um, we had lunch in Tulsa. This is all boring details that nobody cares about, but after lunch, we left, and there's this huge construction and I don't know how we ended up getting turned around but I ended up going through prior Oklahoma which I think is like 30 minutes northeast I mean it's essentially away from where I was going and by the time we were I realized where we were you know the GPS is like "Eh, screw it don't turn around now buddy you already kind of committed to going to prior so I ended up uh, you know in the GPS if you've ever had this moment where it says, uh, my GPS said ETA 141, and then it just said, recalculating 220. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, what did I just do? Um, and at that point, like I said, turning around was, is, I've already, I'd, you know, I'd already done, the damage was done by the way I had gone. So, uh, so anyway, uh, I arrived basically an hour later than what I had, had planned on arriving, but we did get to the arcade at um, around 2.30 on Sunday, and um, my friends were already there waiting for me, so we went in, and okay, first impressions of the arcade. First of all, this spot uh, is like in a giant strip mall, and it's kind of back in the corner, so I had the address on the GPS, and I didn't uh, originally see it from the road, because it's kind of back up in a big parking lot and in a corner. So uh, when I came in, I was like, ah, you know, it's got to be here. And then and then we did see it, so we went in. Uh, and then when you go in, when we went, you'll either be greeted. We were either, we were greeted by Shay and his brother, Shannon. They were both standing up front. Uh, and Shay, if you go to Arcadia, I'm sure you'll get the chance to meet Shay. And this is a guy who is like, bubbling over with enthusiasm about this project. I mean, you can tell every single part. He's had his hands on every part of this arcade, every little thing that has happened in here. You know, he has worked on uh, or looked at, you know. um, I saw several times as I was talking with him throughout the day, people leaving, and then he would stop people, you know, with actual concern on his face and say, you know, did you have a good time or was everything okay or whatever? So, um, you know, I I think a lot of people get into business for the wrong reasons. You know, people get into business to make money or people, not that that's the wrong reason, Uh, but, 
you know, um, they, they don't have a passion or a love for what they do. But this guy, I mean, it, you could tell the whole time you're there. I mean, he is just, um, and I mean, talk about a hands-on guy. Um, at one point, I, I was making my way through the machines, and I found a Double Dragon. There's a Double Dragon and Double Dragon 2 machine, side by side. And I'm playing a little bit of dro- Double Dragon. Um, and then I look, and here comes Shay walking down the aisle um, with a uh, one of those little sweeper vacuum things. And then we had a little joke, and he says, you know, he was telling me how much he enjoyed um, vacuuming up Skittles because as kids step on them, they just kind of squish out, but they don't mash into the carpet and it all kind of stays in one piece, you know. But, I mean, this is the guy, uh, you know, the owner and uh, the guy running the place, and here he is, you know, vacuuming up Skittles. So it's it's um, uh, it's not a, a one-man operation, but it is a small operation, and these guys are really busting their hump to make things work. So, so anyway... Um, so you pay your $5 and you step into Arcadia, the retrocade. And um, so Shay gave us uh, a little mini tour. He showed us, um, I guess I would say there are three mm, three or four major areas of it. The first is uh, there's a, a row, a back-to-back row of classic machines up front. So by classic machines, and I'm totally just going off the top of my head here, uh, that's where you've got your Pac-Man, your Miss Pac-Man, uh, Centipede, Dig Dug, um, what else was up there? Um, all the, uh, Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., I think Donkey Kong 3, the original Mario Brothers, uh, so all that stuff is up front. I, I mean, it's really, um, uh, like a who's who of classic games, I mean, just right up front, you know, and, uh, just a few days before we had arrived, uh, earlier this week, Shay picked up a working Dragon's Lair and Space Ace machines. So, you know, right up in the front, towards the front window, I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, Like, I don't remember the last time I saw a working Dragon's Lair. I mean, I've seen a few of them around, but they are um, so fragile. You know, the laser discs on those things uh, are experiencing bit rot. The laser discs are dying. Uh, and then when the Laserdisc player inside a Dragon's Lair machine dies, um, you know, you can't get those Laserdisc players. There are replacements um, that, you know, take a little bit of modification to get them to work. But, uh, I mean, so these are like uh, not just, and and they're not roped off. There's nobody guarding you or, you know, it's not set off as a museum piece or whatever. And the whole time uh, when I was there, you know, there was a... Uh, uh, while I was playing Dragon's Lair, there's a 10-year-old kid next to me playing Space Ace, which, by the way, um, it won't take long for people to remember. Uh, people remember those games as being great games. Laserdisc games are horrible games. <laughs> uh, they were very... Um, they were a little unique time in arcade history. Uh, but as far as games, you know, uh, Mason, of course, my son, who's 11, went with me. And he tried playing them both, and he's like, he goes, you know, this isn't like the games I play where you can control the guy. I don't know what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, well, when it flashes, you're supposed to do something. He goes, I did. It doesn't do anything. I go, well, there you go. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, then there is a long row of machines. Uh, and he's, uh, Shay has picked up so many machines that it's kind of tight quarters right now. I and mean, stuff is really packed in. Um but uh, 
I mean, there's just these two long rows of machines. I can't even remember everything that was there. I'll have to to look up some of the things that were there. But um, uh, like I said, that's where Double Dragon, Double Dragon 2 were. Um, gosh, there were just so many. I saw a Tubin machine over there. There was a Tetris machine, a Battletoads machine. Uh, just so many different machines. Uh, and I said there's two areas, but there's more than that. Because um, then there's a riser-type area right in the middle uh, with this wooden riser that goes up a little bit. And on top of the riser, there are cocktail-style cabinets. Um, there was a Donkey Kong cocktail machine. There was a Popeye machine. There was a Frogger machine that I couldn't get my kid off of. It's funny because all the arcade games that I've owned over the years, and my son wasn't interested at all, all he wants to do is play iPad games. Um, he's kind of off the DS right now. He was a big DS gamer. Um, but, yeah, it's mostly like iPad games. Uh, and Minecraft. Anything that'll play Minecraft. Um, but suddenly, yeah, I can't get him off Frogger. You know, he's going for the high score on Frogger. Uh, but you have all those games up there. Then there was a little uh, nook, I guess I'd say, with about ten driving games. Uh, there's a three-player off-road, which I owned a three-player off-road. That was one of the machines that just killed me to sell. Because uh, I really enjoy that game. And so um, uh, that was there. There's a championship sprint. There's an original... Uh, sprint the old black and white two-player sprint game and um it wasn't working when we were there but when that thing gets fixed uh i hope kids appreciate that uh, there's a sit-down turbo machine there's a super hang-on so there's a lot of little driving games there um and then there's a back section uh in the rear of the arcade where uh, I'm trying to think what was back there. There's a four-player Simpsons. There's a few four-player machines back there. And there's a Tron machine, which is like almost tucked all the way in the very back of the arcade. I would have loved to see that, um, you know, showcased more out in the arcade somewhere. Uh, because I didn't even see it the first time around. But then the second time, uh, of course, I did see the Tron machine. And then in the very back of the arcade uh, is another one of Shay's new acquisitions. Uh, a Discs of Tron environmental cabinet, which I I can only remember seeing two of them. One of them is owned by my friend 98 Pace Car, and his has been sitting in his garage for as long as I've known him. Uh, I think it works. It's just such a huge beast of a cabinet. I don't know that he has um, anywhere to put it. And the other one is back at Photon, when I played Photon, which closed down when I was like 15. Uh, so it's been a long time and it turns out the hole on the side to get into an environmental uh, discs of Tron cabinet is much smaller <laughs> than I remember at the age of 15, I was easily able to slide in and out of that, um, little slot. And, um, I eyeballed, uh, trying to get in, but there were too many people around, um, this one. And, uh, uh, I didn't want to get stuck. <laughs> And the environmental disatron, that would make for a bad day for everybody. There's a old fat guy stuck in the environmental disatron, so um so I did not play environmental disatron. But uh then there's there's several little um like nooks and crannies around the uh arcade. There's a, a area on the back, like a little collector shelf area. Oh yeah, there's um uh on that riser in the middle is an old school style console TV with an Atari 2600 hooked up in this stack of Atari games uh, and a little couch there. So I saw people like all day sitting around playing Atari and stuff. And then in the back, there was another little area like that with an Intellivision. And I, I never saw anybody playing that. I, it did appear to be 
hooked up and ready to go. I think it was, but I didn't see anybody uh, playing on that. So, uh, and then there's also a party room. And you can uh, rent party rooms. I don't know how much it is, but you can contact uh, Shay at uh, Arcadia Retrocade and find out. But you can rent uh, a, the party room and have a little party there. In fact, while we were there, there were kids having a birthday party. And um, so I wasn't able to peek in the party room until the very end. But um, uh, when I did look in there, there it looks like there's a couple of arcade games in there for kids to play. There was a console TV with a Nintendo 64 set up, uh, and then just some uh, tables where kids can eat cake and ice cream and get really wired up before you let them go run around in your arcade. So, um, okay, so anyway, let's see. What else can I talk about about uh, Arcadia Retrocade? Um, there are a few things, uh, and I am working on an email to send to Shay right now. We saw a few things... Uh, uh, like we thought that there weren't very many things on the wall, like decoration wise and stuff. I mean, there are some in the front area. Um, but, uh, so I think what we're going to try to do is like put some things together, like maybe a little care package for Arcadia and, um, take that over there prior to Arcadia opening the closest thing we had. Uh, I mean like a, a serious, nice retro arcade, uh, is a 1984 arcade game, or 1984 arcade, which, uh, like I said, is in Springfield, which is about five hours away from me, but it's also several hours away for all the guys that are in Arkansas. Uh, and then we have a couple of arcade friends uh, in Dallas, so it's even further for them. But uh, uh, this one in Fayetteville, um, it's like I said, it's about four hours uh, northeast of me, you go northeast to Tulsa, uh, for about an hour, a little over an hour and a half. And then you go east for, uh, about two hours uh, to hit Fayetteville. But, um, it's much more centrally located for my Arkansas friends, obviously, because it's in Arkansas. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, um, one thing that was funny, I guess, uh, is that I didn't play, as many games as I thought I was going to play. Um, for a long time, I owned a Gauntlet 2 arcade cabinet. And uh, I owned it basically not because I love Gauntlet 2, but because I have a lot of good memories of playing Gauntlet and Gauntlet 2 with my friends. And so when I found a Gauntlet cabinet, uh, I bought that in hopes uh, that, you know, if my friends came over, that we would play Gauntlet. Uh, so it sounds kind of weird, I guess, in a way, but a lot of the games, uh, that were at Arcadia, I've already played. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, there are old retro games, um, and we have so many ways now, whether it's through MAME or, uh, you know, I, I just did the episode about the iCade and having MAME on my iPad. I've been you know, playing uh, kind of off my Dig Dug kick right now. Um, and I've been starting on a uh, Mario Brothers, the original Mario Brothers. I started playing that again. Um, but um, so we all have ways of playing these games, uh, you know, without going to an arcade. But what you don't get in that is something that I think we've gotten away from, and that's the social interaction. That's the, uh, you know, challenging a guy 
to Karate Champ. And by the way, I will challenge anybody to a match of Karate Champ. I get to be player one, because that's how I roll. I'm on the left, but um, you want to play Karate Champ? I'll play Karate Champ for money. I don't care. I'm crazy. Oh, boy. You know, it, it's that. I, I One of the things uh, I said when I was talking to uh, my friends, Brian and Earl, while we were sitting there is, if I lived close by that place, I might spend $5 just to go hang out there. I mean, just to go on a weekend on a Saturday, and it's just that total mind warp uh, uh, of going back to a classic arcade. It's that whole uh, ambience of being around those machines, hearing the machines, hearing people playing the machines, hearing kids laughing, uh, you know, hearing kids spinning the uh, poles on the foosball table or the slap and the crack of... Uh, the air hockey table, listening to the kids in the party room come running out and, you know, running over and playing the Simpsons and crowding around. Uh, there is nothing like a real Dragon's Lair machine. I mean, the sound from that thing is just so awesome. It had like a, a deep kind of booming, you know, bassy sound that you don't really get through MAME. Um, so, yeah, just the, just being there. I thought was awesome. But yeah, like I said, I could see, um, especially if I was local, just going there on a Saturday, paying my five bucks and going in and just hanging out, just playing games with other people, um, uh, you know, having my friends meet me there, just all that kind of stuff. I think it's super cool. And and I got to say on a certain level uh, that I'm totally jealous of Shay Mathis for pulling this off. I mean, um, God, what what kid who grew up in the 80s and loved playing arcade games, I mean, what kid wasn't this their dream to have their own arcade? And I don't get me wrong, uh, I know that it's not all, you know, candy and lollipops. I mean, um, is that a real... I just made that up. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, um, like there were uh, games on the floor when we were there that were broken. And there were some games that uh, he said had broke that day, you know. So that is, I know that the the guys, uh, uh, Devin and those guys at the 1984 Arcade, when I talked to them, uh, that's a, a, a full-time job. I mean, a full-time tech job of keeping the games up and running, you know. And that's uh, something that I know Shay and the guys at Arcadia are already addressing, but... Um, so yeah, it's not all just, you know, Hey, you buy arcade games and, and play, you know, games all day. There's a lot of work involved in this, but, um, you know, pulling it off is so awesome. I'm just, uh, really thrilled for those guys. And, um, if you want to find out more about the Arcadia Retrocade, their page on Facebook is uh you can look them up it's arcadia a-r-k-a-d-i-a retrocade um so you can find them on facebook their address in fayetteville arkansas is 1478 north college avenue and the phone number there is area code 479-445-7844 so if you make it out to arcadia be sure to track shay down and tell him you heard about uh his awesome arcade from you don't know flag um, oh, and uh, Arcadia is also on Twitter, uh, and they are at 
Ark, A-R-K, Retrocade, all one word, Ark Retrocade at Twitter. So um, you could get on there. Gosh, you know what? One thing I didn't mention was um, in the front of the arcade is a giant whiteboard, and this is just like how the 1984 arcade uh, does it. There's a giant whiteboard with printouts of different uh, arcade marquees, and the all-time high scores are tracked on that whiteboard. Uh, so, uh, along with, uh, the people's names. So that definitely, you know, uh, I gotta say this after listening to the, uh, no quarter podcast a while back on dig dug, um, it really got me into a dig dug mode and, uh, hearing, uh, Carrington and Mike talk about their dig dug scores. I was like, I should be better at dig dug. Jesus. I'm terrible at dig dug. Uh, there's no excuse for me being this bad at a game that's 30 years old. So, uh, I cracked down and I listened to all their little scoring, uh, tips and tricks that they shared. And I looked on the internet and I found all these things and I made, uh, little patterns for dig dug. So I've got patterns that go up to about, uh, I think level, there's one level, like seven, that's just a free for all (laughs) seven. I just run around and, and pump everybody and blow everybody up. But up through like a level uh, 10 or 11, I have patterns. Uh, I drop the rocks. I smash uh, multiple uh, pukas and, and um, figars. And so now on a, a good average game, on an average game, uh, anywhere, it depends on how things go, anywhere from 50 to 80,000. And on a really good game, my high is like around 120,000, something like that. So I was really feeling good. Uh, when I got to Arcadia, I thought, you know, if I have a chance of getting my name on the board for anything, it might be Dig Dug. And so the first thing, when I saw the board, I went and I found Dig Dug and, uh, boy, I'm trying hard not to cuss here. (laughs) It's like 479,000 points. It's so ridiculous. Like if I had my best game ever and multiplied it by four, I still might not get on the board. You know, I was just so pissed off. Um, so yeah, it turns out I really enjoy retro games, and I'm really terrible <laughs> at most of them. There's not very many games that I'm good at. Uh, even some of the ones that I owned, I wasn't good at, which there's no excuse for that. Um, but I am good at Rampart, so that's good. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so um, I think maybe that'll be one of my next things, is I may pick a game, look at the high scores, over there at Arcadia and really set my sights on um, tackling one of those. So I may try to do that. But anyway, in the meantime, if you happen to find yourself in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is a couple of hours east of Tulsa, Oklahoma, or uh, if you're traveling across country on I-40, you can hit the interstate right off of I-40 right around Fort Smith, Arkansas, and uh, go north and you'll hit Fayetteville. Uh, It's just south of Bentonville, which is the headquarters of Walmart. So if you are in that part of the country, then definitely stop by the Arcadia Retrocade. Shay was a tremendous host. We appreciate all his hospitality, and all of us that went yesterday are looking forward to going back to Arcadia again and spending some more time and uh, helping Shay make all his retro 8-bit arcade dreams come true. So again, thanks, Shay, for having us out. Uh, Thank you, guys, for listening to the podcast. If you want to send me feedback about the show, you can send it to Rob O'Hara at robohara.com. You can call the voicemail box. You can leave feedback on the podcast site. There's a million ways to get a hold of me, so please do that. Send me feedback. 
This is the end of episode 124. Next week we will be talking about the great video game crash of 1983 and how I didn't know it had happened. So, once again, thanks for listening to You Don't Know Flack, and I will see you guys next week.